Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, President and CEO of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. My fabulous co-host, the nonprofit ninja, Natalie Jablonski, is here. That's right. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. Hey, Marjorie. Hey, Natalie. You want to go on a little dream journey with me? Do I Do I have to like get in a car? Or... No, no. You don't even have to pack, which is okay. great because cool, I know how much cool. you hate doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't care All right. That. Here we go. You ready? Okay. All right. Close your eyes. Let's imagine a nonprofit world where we have unlimited marketing resources. <laughs> oh, are you there with me? I'm getting there. You're, you're laughing. It's hard. You're laughing about this. It's, it's beautiful though, isn't it? It would be beautiful. I, it's the realities probably is why you're laughing, right? Yeah. It's, most nonprofits are so limited in marketing, especially when it comes to digital marketing, just right? Just having the skills and the knowledge to yeah. even start that world. Well, maybe mm -hmm. or maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe really. not. So today we're going to talk with Jessica Thomas. With uh, she is the senior digital marketing manager with Amplified Digital. Perfect. Yeah, she's a subject matter expert when it comes to digital marketing. So I thought maybe she could help guide us through this nonprofit utopia that we mm -hmm. just created. We can get that. Uh, yeah, see if our nonprofit audience members are fully taking advantage of the digital world that we live in. I thought that'd be kind of cool, right? Perfect. Yeah. So, Jessica, welcome. Um, I'll tell you what, before we get into this, what the, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and tell us a little bit about Amplified Digital? Sure. So, when I started in the digital advertising world, actually, my work anniversary is, two, is tomorrow, five years that I've been um, with my current employer. So, when I first There's no started cake, there, by the way, for that here. Sorry. <laughs> no, and after the holidays, we do not. If we had known, we, we would have had wine. Any <laughs> oh excuse on this show to have wine, let's let me tell you. Let's start it over. Let's start it over. <laughs> No, so I started um, five years ago. So, so the company that I work for is Amplified Digital, but we are owned by basically a, a newspaper company by Lee Enterprises. So, oh. Lee Enterprises owns various newspapers around the United States and also owns the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Okay. So when I started, um, I started in STL Today, which is the online version of the Post Dispatch. Which Very for the listeners that. who maybe don't know, it's the largest newspaper in St. Louis. So it's a high traffic website and and has a lot of um, large clients that are local that it works with. So when I first started, I was tasked with going out with print reps to sell. So the print rep would sell print, and I would go out and I would sell the digital side of the print campaign. So if somebody wanted um, to sell cars in the sports section of the newspaper, I would give kind of the equivalent sports thing online on STL Today. And as I was working in STL Today, I was seeing, so that was 2012, I was seeing how things were progressing, how people were using digital differently. You know, back in that time, five years ago, people would go to the newspaper website the same way they would go to their newspapers. They'd go to the newspaper site, they would see what the headlines were, they would see what the stories were of the day, they'd read the articles that they wanted to read, maybe they'd check back periodically through the day. But as time has gone on, we none of us do that anymore. No. No, you're right. I'll tell you the last time I did that, except I was, Nobody I was looking does. for something very specific. Right. right, exactly. And even then, you know, even if I'm looking for a specific article, I typically go to Google, mm -hmm. look for the topic that I'm looking for, and I go straight. So it, here in the industry, we call it, um, you know, going to the homepage versus going to in-story is mm -hmm. what that's called. So people are circumventing the homepages of websites, and they're just going straight to the mm -hmm. story. Um, social media does that a lot. So yeah. people are going straight to the story because your friends have shared something on a Facebook, specific for link. example, right. a specific link that you want to read. And so... 
because um, there's been this shift in how people consume media, there's also been a shift in how we advertise to those people. Mm. So instead of saying, which this used to drive me up a wall, um, I'm a car dealer and I want to advertise in the sports section because only men buy cars. Right? Uh, <laughs> only men buy cars. That, w- that was a scenario for our listeners. Please don't send any hate texts or hate emails to us. We do not believe in that particular phrase. Right? Or endorse it. Right. And, and only men like sports, too, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? She's looking to two sports gurus. Okay, yeah, right. right. One. So that well, is nothing. I drag do. you with me to things. I have shown up to sporting events, and I have seen the ice biscuit and the stickball. <laughs> right? <laughs> I go mostly for socializing and beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm at the game. But so, um, you know, so that was that was the thought even five years ago is this is where I want to be because men buy cars and men watch mm-hmm. sports and that's where I'm going to advertise. And now we can literally say it doesn't matter where that person is, what website they're on or what kind of content they're consuming. What matters is that they're in the market to buy a car because mm-hmm. that's the person that you want. So you can actually target somebody based on their interests or based on their behaviors, based on their searches, based on any num- demographics, any number of things. And so your advertising dollars go further, mm-hmm. basically. And so when STL Today and the Post-Dispatch and Lee Enterprises said, we're, you know, we're making this shift. We see that this is happening. I said, hey, I want to do that too. So they opened up this new department, Amplified Digital. I moved into Amplified Digital and I've been in that department for the last about three years now. Awesome. So you guys are the creepy people that follow us around with that same ad everywhere. Huh? That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. the creepy people. <laughs> and they're not like so creepy. They're just like Jessica. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, which is like slightly creepy. <laughs> I can admit it. I mean, that's what I always tell people. They say, people either say that's so cool or they say that's so creepy. And right. I say, well, it's, it's kind both. of both. <laughs> yeah. And that's the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to tell you what I heard you say in this great introduction is uh, you used an example of a car company mm-hmm. and and going back to our utopia mm-hmm. of nonprofit land, right? Um, I can't think of a single nonprofit that would have a similar digital marketing budget as a car company would. Mm-hmm. And then you use the the six hundred pound gorilla <laughs> word, right? You mm-hmm. Google. Yeah. Um, we all in nonprofit would love to be able to do something like that, but it's pretty untouchable for nonprofits, or at least that's the assumption. Uh, you want to break through that barrier and myth and tell us if we're right? Yeah. So actually, I hate to be so direct, but you're wrong. I, I, you would not be the first that. person to say that. Just the first person to publicly tell everybody <laughs> right. across the country. Just about People that one point. <laughs> they, 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 only have, they have small groups to talk about that all the time and how wrong I am. So, you know, that's the really interesting thing is Google is, you know, the monolith and where everybody goes. And especially when you look at the sales funnel of people who are interested in your product and your business, and in this case, in your nonprofit organization, whether they need your help or they want to donate, you want to capture all those people. And when people are searching, so when they're on Google, because that's typically where people search, they're at the bottom of that sales funnel. So you want to capture them. They're Mm -hmm. actively looking for you. Um, Google has a program that's called Google Grants. You can not ironically just Google it. Just Google Google Grants. (laughs) Imagine that. Right? And it comes up just like that. Um, And they have all sorts of examples of... Um, nonprofits that they work with that Google actually gives you the money to bid on AdWords if you're familiar with Google. So that's those paid 
paid search terms that come up at the top of a results page, Google will actually give you that money. And typically, of course, you have to apply for the grant. But um, in some cases, actually, in many cases, it's $10,000 a month that they'll give you. What? And Marjorie, literally wait, for did, free. Did you just hear that noise? That was all of our listeners dropping their phones and running to their computers. <laughs> right? Come back to us. Come back and listen. <laughs> We're not done. There's I more. Heard computer stuff, computer stuff, computer. $10,000 a month. Yeah. And so, the, okay, so the difference in um, in Google AdWords, so there's keywords, right? So mm-hmm. there's the words like, I'm looking for, I want to be a, a big sister and big brothers, big sisters. How mm-hmm. do I get there, right? So I do my search and big brothers, big sisters, they are bidding on some of the terms that I searched for. That ad pops up and I click on the ad and I go to your website. So that's based on the nice. keywords that I used. And then, so this is where the complicated part comes in and this is where companies like, the one that I work for make their money is when we manage a, an AdWords campaign, a Google search campaign for somebody, that money is literally going through our hands and going straight to Google, but we charge a management fee for that. Okay. So somebody in the nonprofit business, if they have the time and they have the desire, they could absolutely learn how to run an AdWords campaign, apply for that grant, get the $10,000, you know, and it's, it's yeah. just Google money, people. It's not real dollars, but, but, <laughs> but, it, it, but it goes far on Google. In kind wise, that's a lot it, of money. Is. So it's Monopoly a money, you use a Monopoly. Google money, you, you use using Google. Google. <laughs> Got it. You know, so you can either do it yourself or you could find an advertising agency mm-hmm. that would manage that for you. And then you pay that ad agency a management fee mm-hmm. each month. They manage the, the money mm-hmm. for you. And then you wow. still have that benefit. Now you used a, a phrase that I, I've heard before, but I don't lot, don't know a lot of AdWords. What mm-hmm. I'm always like, what the what is what is that? <laughs> what is AdWords? Yeah. So AdWords is just Google's program, basically that. Um, sets up all the the different keywords that you have. So not to get too complicated, but um, I think it's fair to say in a nonprofit, you have not just one goal, right? So whatever your nonprofit is, you want to get the people in the door that need your service, but you also want to get donations from people who Mm -hmm. probably don't need your service or maybe Mm -hmm. have used your service in the past. Mm -hmm. So those would be like two different goals, right? And so in AdWords, it would be two different ad groups. So under the services that you provide, it might be, um, you know, let's say that you offer, uh, maybe you're a shelter or something and you also offer babysitting or child, uh, classes. And I don't know what all you offer, but you offer five different things. So you would have those five things living underneath the, uh, the campaign that is to bring people in to use your service. And then you would have, um, you know, under the donation side, maybe people who have, have been affected with this situation or, people who just make a lot of money. And so they're searching for somewhere that's local to donate their money. There could be various reasons why somebody donates to you. Mm -hmm. And so all of those would fall underneath those two categories. And that whole campaign is an AdWords campaign. Wow. Okay. So in a nonprofit, do you just need one person managing that? Um, or is it multiple people that typically are involved with that? I'm just thinking of nonprofit structures for Mm -hmm. some of our smaller nonprofits. You've got maybe less than five staff. Other ones Mm -hmm. you have 50 staff. So is it something a department typically would need or can one person really do this on their own or is it better to work with a resource like you? Uh, well, of course, they think it's better to work with a resource right. like us, you know, and and I'm not just saying that, but, you know, you wouldn't fix your own plumbing in your house, right? You would have a plumber I would, but I would in. still have a leak. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So do you want leaky AdWords or not? That's the Very question. Very great. You know, analogy, so yeah. would you have, you know, 
you can do it yourself. And it is something really, some of the things that, that we do as a digital advertising agency have more to do with um, you wearing all of the million hats that you wear mm -hmm. and not wanting to put on one more hat and take charge oh, of you one more thing. You spoke to our audience. Thank you, Marjorie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, and that's how, it, that's how it is in a lot of businesses, mm -hmm. you know, where um, people are doing so much with all that they have. And so I would say, you know, of course, it depends on the size of the business, but one person would be able to manage an AdWords campaign. Um, you know, and you can, you can kind of set it and forget it, although that's not the best practice. That's not ideal. Ideally, you would be going in and checking those campaigns, seeing what works better, um, you know, in digital, because there's so much data that you can get from the campaign. You can test one, one word or one phrase against another similar word and phrase, mm -hmm. see which one does better. They call this AB testing, mm -hmm. see which one does better, get rid of the, get rid of the loser, keep that winner up there and put another one up there next to it to compare it to. And so then you're just consistently Fine. optimizing the campaign. Um, if you're a one-person show that is doing literally everything in your office, you probably can't optimize a campaign as frequently as, like you said, a department with 50 people right. where one mm -hmm. person is, is in that campaign every day. Right. Fascinating. Yeah. Don't you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of baffled. It's one of those things that, like, I'd heard it existed, but, like, I hadn't... I kind of thought it was untouchable for nonprofits. Yeah. So when Jessica and I first started talking, I'm like, oh, you don't understand. You know, we're we, broke. We, we're broke. Yes, we yeah. we work with nonprofits. Like you know, all of my mm -hmm. clients are nonprofits. This is not something in their wheelhouse. And mm -hmm. then she starts telling me about all these fancy, cool things like Google and remarketing. And wait, what's that? Right, remarketing. She <laughs> explained it to me, but I'm not the subject matter expert, and she's here, so maybe I'm going to toss that back over to you. Sure. So actually, oddly enough, Marjorie, you touched on this at the very beginning of she the knew show. That. You knew that, I right? You touched that. on right. remarketing. I'm wrong, and you're right. What else is new? <laughs> Right. <laughs> so you said at the very beginning of the show, oh, you guys are the creepy people who, when the ad follows me around the internet, oh, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. That's remarketing. Ah, there's a name Ooh. for it. Exactly. That sounds so much less creepy than the creepy mm -hmm. stalker ad. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like exactly. It's just all about uh, softening <laughs> like the blow. Yeah. So people call it uh, remarketing. People call it retargeting. The words okay. are really interchangeable. But all that it means is I went to your website, which means that I showed some kind of interest in mm -hmm. what you have to offer. I went there. I left, and now you're showing me an ad to get me to come back and actually do the thing you want me to do. Nice. So I can see that being, like, really useful for, like, events, because I know, like, Amazon's got me all the time. They're like, hey, you left out those pants back there, mm -hmm. and you probably want to go get those. And you didn't got... leave pants. I probably didn't. I probably left some cooking gadgets. I, <laughs> I know better. You're a dress else. girl. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe I put. I was thinking about the pants, and then I was like, and then you were like, I'm not pants. wearing pants. Are you crazy? <laughs> I like so, how you yeah. two roll. <laughs> so nonprofits. I mean, that makes sense for Amazon, but how, yeah, how, how do you think this it? might apply to nonprofits? I mean, sure. you're, you're talking about events. Is there something yeah. more maybe that we're missing that you think we should be taking advantage of? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of different ways that you can do this. And, um, okay, so think about your pants or your cooking mm -hmm. gadgets again, right? So it would be a waste of Amazon's dollars or anybody's dollars if you went and you bought the pants and then the pants were still following you around yes. the internet, right? So <laughs> and, and that would be even more creepy. And you're like, I already bought the I pants. I thought some of the, the, the sisters of the traveling pants, it would be... <laughs> Taking it to a whole nother level, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally different level. Yeah. So the, this, it all works in the same way. So basically with the pants analogy, mm -hmm. you go, you look at the pants, you leave, you get remarketed, you go back, you buy the pants. Mm -hmm. Now you're put into a different bucket because you've actually completed the transaction. You've mm -hmm. done the thing that 
the they advertiser wanted you, wanted you to do. And so, so the do same we get thing. rewarded then? Yeah, then you don't <laughs> see the ad anymore. That's the reward. And you get the pants. <laughs> and you get the pants. And so um, the same thing could be could be applied in the nonprofit uh, industry. So whether it's soliciting donations, you know, if you have a donations button on your website, you could actually capture people who go to the website, they look at the donations page, and they even click on the donations button, maybe, mm -hmm. but they never actually make the donation. They don't get to that page after they make the donation that mm -hmm. says, thanks for your donation. Right. Mm -hmm. So all of the people who don't get to that page are put into one bucket. And then the people who get to the thank you for donating, they're taken out. So those people ah. continue to see the ad. Neat. I'm yeah. how that works. And that would work well for events as well. Mm -hmm. So you've got the golf tournament and you've got someone who went to the golf page and they learned all about what's happening with that golf tournament. And they're like, hey, maybe I should get a key team together and then they leave it and they forget because there's a hundred other things going on. So that exactly. could then follow them back and say, Hey, hey golf tournament, golf tournament yeah. and uh, kind of refresh and remind us more powerful than post-it notes. You know what? Actually, <laughs> this, this is a beautiful thing for would be giving Tuesday. Oh, you make that yes. donation. I will leave you alone the rest of the day. That yeah. is a deal breaker. Yeah. Might be nice. I, right. And we've had our pros and cons about event days on this show. Yeah. So uh, I, I've got, a, I can feel the, the furious writing happening yeah. from our audience so right good. now. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. So this is where the Google starts to get a little complicated okay. in things like this. So um, so if you haven't sharpened your pencil, do that now. This is the time <laughs> yeah, to do that. Exactly. So I really don't know how to explain it in a, in a super basic way. But um, there is a – because Google gives people all these tools that they can use, right? And so there is a thing called a Google Tag Manager, and that's a tag that you place on your website. And in the case of um, – like in this example where you want to filter out some people who've actually – taken the action you wanted them to take. Um, you put one on all the pages of your website and then you kind of put a different one on this, this thank you for doing whatever page. Okay. And that's how it filters it out. And so using the Google tag manager, that's what's capturing all of these individuals. And then you just wow. get your creative and you run your Ooh. campaign based on that. So can you do it like a time period on it too? So like if you're trying to get them to give on giving Tuesday, but then they want them to give again, on yes. the give, St. Louis Day. Wow. Absolutely. Kind of get that. Okay. Fair so enough. you can, um, and what I would say with remarketing earlier is always better. You're mm -hmm. always better off to have a, a GTM is what it's called. The GTM mm -hmm. container, Google tag manager container, have that on your site now mm -hmm. for when you need it two months from now, because you need to be collecting nice. all of these people and then going over back time. To yeah, okay. exactly. You have to have a thousand unique visitors to your website. If anybody mm -hmm. pays attention to that metric, um, you need to have a thousand unique visitors to your website before you can start a remarketing campaign. Oh, wow. And so, you know, so you need to drive that traffic, which it, is where the Google ads and the, and the ad, then the words, and the come AdWords, yeah. exactly, exactly. And that's also where, um, audience targeted advertising comes in where, you know, maybe you want to, uh, reach people who are of a certain household income or who are charitable. Wear, who... Or wear pants or buy pants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who leave pants in their shopping Have cart. Have pants you with never cooking know. gadgets. Right. <laughs> so that's the, that's the person we've been looking for to come to our soiree. Right. So if I started this like right now for an event that I'm planning right now, people are buying tickets for it right now. Could I then take those people and who have bought tickets this year and like take that data that I've been collecting this year and then use it next year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mm -hmm. could. Okay. And you could also um, say... I only want to so like in the in the example of your event, you your event has a date on it, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to advertise to those people after that date. You yeah. could say, Well, I only want to advertise to them for 
a month or mm -hmm. for two months or for two weeks or, or whatever that time period is. Awesome. And you can also kind of um, go back and say, well, I want people, you know, if you think about um, buying a house versus buying pants, mm -hmm. right? You think a lot more in the time to purchase from the time that you're looking at the house mm -hmm. to the time you buy the, the house mm -hmm. is a lot longer than when you're buying pants. Yeah. So, you know. And that's probably a good thing for yeah. our budgets. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> yes. unless we just have the, the money tree in the backyard. Right, right. <laughs> and so when you, um, you know, depending on the goal that you have. Are people, are you asking $1,000 a ticket for your event or are you asking $25 a ticket for your event? Mm -hmm. Because if it's a $25 ticket, you could probably um, advertise to people for a shorter amount of time than if mm -hmm. you're asking for these big sponsorships and donations. You're going to want to draw that out a little bit longer and maybe reach people who've been to your site further back in history. Very cool. It almost sounds to me, and maybe it's oversimplifying it, but I'm a I'm a data girl. So yeah. in my head, I kind of process things by looking at formulas. So it almost sounds like if you have um, A is the letter A is on all your pages, mm -hmm. and the page you want to visit is B, then it A plus B equals C means C would mean they're no longer going to be targeted anymore for this remarketing strategy. So right. uh, just kind of a, 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 is that really simplifying it too much? Or I mean, is no, that not at all. In my head, that's how it seems to be working out as to how the marketing strategy would work. Yeah, it's actually almost uh, it's more like A minus B equals C. Yeah, yes, mm -hmm. that's what I meant basically. Yes. But yeah, that's exactly how it works. Yeah, gotcha. the compound queries now. Oh my gosh, we are this. so algebraic. <laughs> I know my my seventh grade math teacher would be so proud of me right now. <laughs> I love it. Well, what other things do you think that nonprofits are doing wrong when it comes to digital advertising or or even what using can we do better? Di yeah, what what should we be doing better <laughs> to help each other and to help our our nonprofits? Well, I think it always depends on the nonprofit and what they're doing. I mean, different companies and different nonprofits, they're always at different levels. So one isn't the same as another. Um, but I would say something simple. I mean, hopefully everybody has a website, right? It's 2018. If you're a company without a website, people I literally don't pe think you're legitimate. I still hear people argue and say, well, our, our target market audience they're they're not computer based. They're not internet yeah. savvy. So we don't need to we don't need to invest time in that. And mm -hmm. I, that always blows my mind when I hear a client that will tell me that. And then but then they tell me they want to raise ten thousand dollars for their for their event. <laughs> right. And I'm like, um, those it's people are on happen. the yeah yeah. I mean, people always even say uh, the internet is for young people. And I'm like, my my uh, parents like who are both are in their sixties, right? Mm -hmm. They are on Facebook sure. to see the grandbaby. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, of they're, they're always there. And so th I think the definition of young people is getting yeah. older and older. You know, it's not 20 years ago when the internet first came out. My 91-year-old grandma at Christmas dinner today brought her Kindle Fire and wanted to ask me a question about a game she's playing because she is trying to figure out how to get to the next level. And it's telling her something about she has to get these carrots and she doesn't understand where the carrots come from. And <laughs> she's like, would you help me with this? And while I'm looking at her Kindle Fire, all these ads are popping up. Yeah. And I'm like, and she's 91. So mm -hmm. you can't, you, you can't just judge that. No. You'll paint that big brush anymore. Not no, yet. absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, everybody is online. And if you think about it, you're probably online more than what you realize. Right. You know, as I was just just thinking about my day, I get up in the morning, I ask my Google Home to play me my morning news, and then I get in the car, I listen to a podcast, I'm at work, I'm on the computer, I'm listening to Spotify, 
I go home and we've cut the cord so we don't have cable or satellite at our house. Mm -hmm. We stream all of our television and I'm on Facebook while we're watching TV. And listening to the 501 Crossroads podcast. Of course. Of no, that's course. a morning podcast. Oh, I prefer to wake up to 501. Got you. Got yeah. you. We are very cheerful. In the yes. Morning. Exactly. Yes, this is true. <laughs> exactly. But, um, you know, there's, it used to be, again, like back when I first started in the advertising business, it was people would say, okay, I've got TV, I've got radio, I've got billboards, I've got digital. And they mm -hmm. just like check that box off. But if you look at it, there are, um, you know, TV is digital now. Mm. Radio is digital. Mm -hmm. Billboards are digital. It's it's not just something to check off. It's the traditional version of, of the thing. And then there's the digital version. So wow. do you think that nonprofits in general are probably still looking at their marketing budgets wrong? Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of businesses, I mean, not just to say that nonprofits don't know what they're doing. There are a lot of businesses with directors of marketing who've been in the business for 30 years and digital is it's not as easy to buy digital as it is to buy a billboard or to buy a print ad. Mm -hmm. And people are confused by it. It's a lot to learn. It's very overwhelming. And so, yes, I do think, you know, of course, of course, I'll say that I'm biased, right? I work in digital advertising. I Fair enough, believe in right? digital advertising. Right. But um, when you can be so targeted, right, when you can when you can actually reach people of a certain household income who are known to be charitable and maybe even have an interest in the type of nonprofit that you work in, why would you waste your money buying a print ad in a newspaper that's literally going to everybody in the community mm -hmm. that doesn't discern anybody, you know, one from another? Yeah. And that's how I view the whole thing. I don't, I don't want to say that, um, that any kind of media is bad because everything is getting you some kind of exposure and that's the whole point of media. But I always tell people that I work with, if you have a limited budget and everybody has a mm -hmm. limited budget, mm -hmm. the first place I would start is digital. And then I would add everything else in after I've got that solidified. And I really like this discussion because I think, um, and Natalie, I'm sure you've seen this with your volunteers. It feels like to me a lot of times that I'm talking to my board or to a committee everybody feels like they're a marketing expert. Mm -hmm. um, every, everybody knows how to do marketing. They've all done it. And it seems like, like you're saying, it's getting more and more complicated. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as like, I'm going to go to publisher and I'm going to wham, bam, here's a flyer. Right. It's a lot more than that these days. And I think that, you know, we're nonprofits have been kind of cutting ourselves short on different things and kind of keeping us kind of behind a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I do think if you want to dip a toe in and you don't mm -hmm. want to talk to an advertising agency, you kind of want to see what you can do on your own. Facebook is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. You know, people always love to badmouth Facebook, but everybody is on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people are. And instead of just boosting a post, you can actually go to the Facebook ads manager. You can create an ad and you can target that ad. So it'll allow you to play around with the demographics and mm -hmm. the interests. Um, that's a great place to start. And honestly, we get great results from Facebook ads. So actually kind of going back, going into Facebook, if we can for a minute. Yeah, sure. um, so what is the difference between like boosting a post? I mean, I kind of know the difference between boosting a post to doing an ad, but is there, is there a difference in like who you're grabbing with that or what people are seeing or whether they're clicking or not? Is uh, the one better than the other? It kind of depends. I hate to always say it depends on what your goal is, but that's mm -hmm. the truth. It always depends on what the goal is, whether one's better than the other. But um, 
the the basic difference between boosting a post and running an actual ad is that a boosted post or any post will live on your timeline, on your business mm -hmm. timeline. So that's, you know, it's kind of the definition of the post is that you've put it up on the wall and now you're sending it out to all these people when you boost it. An ad actually won't live on your timeline. It doesn't live anywhere outside of that ads manager. And mm -hmm. then in the, the timelines and news feeds of the people that you're um, advertising to, that you're targeting with it. So... If you want to say is one better than the other, I think it depends in the ex it depends on the execution of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people you know, Facebook will say, "Oh, this post is performing better than 98% of the posts that you make they on this do page." That on all of my posts. That's because you're <laughs> awesome at making posts. And we've already established that you are right and I am wrong. I'm not sure what more you want from me on this episode, Marjorie. And so that could be your title of this particular show, by the way. You are right. I rated all the things. Finally happened. You got an A plus. Um, so, you know, boosting a post. Basically, that's kind of a money grab from fa from Facebook, mm -hmm. to be honest. It's it's very easy for you to say, oh, well, Facebook says that this post is really engaging. That's mm -hmm. why it's doing better than 98% of the posts that I make. So because it's so engaging, I want to show it to all these other pe people. So I'm going to throw 10 bucks on it, 20 bucks on it, 50 mm -hmm. bucks, whatever. And there it goes. But where is it going? And what's yeah. the point? Like, why are you boosting that post? Is that something that... Would you, without Facebook's su suggestion, spend 50 bucks on that to tell people about it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot of times, a boosted post, if you don't add any targeting to that post, um, Facebook on a business Facebook page only shows a post organically, meaning not paid. It only shows a post to four to six percent of your audience. So if you've got a hundred people that like your page and you're not paying to boost a post, only four to six people are going to see that. When you boost it, you're just increasing the number of people who are going to see it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the benefit of it. But if you, um, you know, like I said, it depends on your goal. Do you need to tell the people who already know about you about the thing that you're talking about? Or do you want to reach an audience that isn't aware of you? So, you know, when you do example. targeted advertising, you can actually say, I want to exclude the people who already like my page. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, nice. So you can actually kick those folks out. And yeah. Say, so we've them. got you in the bag. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> That's fascinating. <laughs> so is there any time when digital is not the right answer for a nonprofit or for a business? I, I mean, I don't think well, so. Wow, way to back her to court with her boss <laughs> potentially listening yeah, to the podcast. I, I just won't send, send her the link. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> no, um, I mean, I think that digital is always the right the right answer. Or at least, I, I don't even want to say that digital is the answer, but I think it's... An it's, answer to be considered? Yeah. I mean, it, like, you always have a hammer and a screwdriver in your mm -hmm. toolbox, right? You maybe don't have, like, some wrench or something. I don't know. But... I think that digital is something that should always be in the mix of every single thing you do, regardless of what else you put in there. Um, but there's so many, so many different ways to reach people digitally that it's, um, it's not just a one size fits all solution. If somebody tries to tell you, I have package A, package B and package C, what, what do you want? I would walk away from them because mm -hmm. they really need to tailor what they're doing for you That's to your advice. need. And if they don't know what they're doing, because I'm uh, infamous for repeating the phrase, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But, you know, so if you don't know where you're at and what you're doing, and maybe you are kind of an old school soul, right? Yeah. You grew up in a marketing world where digital was up and coming for those hipsters, then uh, that would be cool someday, but I'm going to do the way I've always known it, mm -hmm. right? And you want to venture into that. 
teaming up with someone such as a professional agency like yours helps you to also learn about that experience and how it could benefit you as opposed to you just randomly starting to grab things and hope that it works well, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so much of my job is educating and and walking through what we're doing with the customer. Like, I never want somebody that I work with to say, well, I just bought something, but I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know how I feel about what I just bought. I, You know, you want somebody to feel good about what Mm -hmm. they're doing. And so... um, you know, it's important to help educate people and, and even give them examples. If you want to accomplish this, this is what I recommend. If you want to accomplish this, this is what I recommend. But ultimately, it's up to you and and your goal and your budget. Marjorie, I'm just thinking about those nonprofit uh, marketing uh, staff members who are listening to this, salivating. Have, there, there's those? There, people have those? They are. They are. <laughs> they they may wear six other hats, but that's yes. like one of their assignments. Oh, they're in there kind of doing... I right. think I have somebody that does that you like, do. for he, an hour he's or two pre- He's pretty fabulous. Um <laughs> But uh, I'm thinking about those people who are mm-hmm. listening to this. They're they're foaming at the mouth because they're so mm-hmm. excited to be able to do this. But yet they want to, how do I sell it to my executive director who mm-hmm. is potentially been in this role for 20, 30 years? This is not something that they've ever done. They've always done it this way. How do I break mm-hmm. through that mentality? Teaming up with a professional agency to come in and do some education can really help them to sell this and ultimately help their nonprofit achieve their mission in a greater way. So pretty cool. I can tell you that I feel like the executive director is going to ask first thing is how much is this going to cost? Right, (laughs) right. And so I think that it goes back to uh, preparing a budget and putting that Mm -hmm. budget in line and uh, Jessica's favorite phrase of, well, it depends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. It does depend. That's right. That's but right. is working depend. with a, an agency something that would be affordable for nonprofits, or is that something that is out of our reach, too? Or, no, I don't no. think it is. I, I do think it's affordable, just to yeah. be clear. I think it's affordable. <laughs> I don't think it's out of reach. I mean, okay. one thing I think that is beneficial with digital is that it's all scalable, mm-hmm. where, you know, when you look at traditional media, so let's say that you're going to buy a television ad, right? And they say, well, the St. Louis market is this many people. We're going to reach this many people. There's no way to whittle that down so the ad costs what it costs whereas with digital you can say okay if you wanted to reach everyone in the county it's going to cost this much to reach absolutely every person that's here and you say well i don't i don't have twenty thousand dollars a month to reach everybody Mm -hmm. in my county yeah, exactly. And which is a totally normal response, not just from nonprofits. And so then we say, okay, well, you don't, if you don't want to reach every single person in the county, who do you want to reach? Well, I only want to reach women. And I only actually want to reach the women who are 35 and above. And wearing they're pants. the only ones that buy jewelry. And the, yeah. And the only ones who buy jewelry. Right. Right. So, or only ones who golf. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking yes. about, I, right. have a, I have a women's golf tournament yeah. that we do. Yeah. And so there's another one where it's not, I don't want to hit the guys that are golfing. I just want to hit the women who are yeah. golfing. So. Exactly. And so now your advertising campaign has gone from $20,000 a mm-hmm. month to reach everybody in the county. Now we're just reaching the female golfers who are, are charitable, maybe. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's been cut by you know, 90% or something. Right. So everything is scalable. And anybody that, that you all work with um, in your nonprofit, they should be able to tell you, Yes, this is realistic. No, we can whittle this down. This is how we can kind of make this work with the budget that you've got in mind. And if the agency that you are currently working with is not giving you those types of options, you need to potentially consider either asking them or ask yourself if they're the right partnership agency for your nonprofit. I mean, get a second opinion, right? It never hurts. We do it for everything else in life. Why not, right? Right. Exactly. Right. And maybe, you know, hopefully that second opinion, they'll be be honest with you and they'll say, no, we can do this better. Or they'll say, no, they're doing a great job. Right. And then you get to make that decision, yeah. Right. So like we've been talking about, digital advertising targets people who are online. Yes. So true confessions. 
Oh, she makes me nervous. <laughs> I she love this. confessions. This is exciting. Um, this is where I get in trouble with my husband, yeah. typically. <laughs> honey, is, honey, I'm sorry. Get, I'm editing out this part. For you're you. going to get in trouble with your board chair here. Uh-oh. Um, how much time do you guys spend online, either personal, professional? You know, and because I mean, Natalie, I don't know about you, but like that's a blurry line for us these days. So it doesn't yeah, really matter. Say, I, didn't re- I didn't realize <laughs> that we were able to separate those two. Uh, wh- how much online, like per mm-hmm. day? Like yeah, per day. What are you thinking? We're thinking like website stuff, like on Google, on Facebook, on all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. All the things. All the time you are connected to the winter interwebs. From the moment I wake up to the time I go to bed, six hours probably a day. I would say. Jessica, what about you? I would say exactly the opposite. Like, I'm only not online when I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I wake up in the morning. I check my phone. I go through my routine. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even listen to radio in the car. Like I said, I listen to podcasts or yeah. Spotify or, um, you know, I get to work. I'm always online sending emails back and I forth. I like my and... quiet, usually to and from the office. That's uh-huh. kind of like my gearing up of what I want to do and my decompressing on my way home. Mm-hmm. So that probably eats into being mm-hmm. on less. But... I think because nonprofit is still so much relationship building, mm-hmm. so much face-to-face, so much on the phone that I don't, I'm not, I would be on more if it wasn't, yeah. if there was a way to connect to them or, or perhaps if I was in a nonprofit situation where we were a national, had a national presence mm-hmm. and I need to do more Skyping and more outreach in that right. way. Um, but yeah, probably because of that reason. I'm, th- I'm actually a little more in Jessica's camp. I'm, you know, on when I get up, I'm checking the Facebook book and wow. uh, all those things. And then I, I am listening to podcasts on my way here because, you know, I've got to figure out uh, who that competition is. Or I'm listening to our show because we're awesome. I am vain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have to get one download a, t- a week. Um, <laughs> sometimes my mom can't listen. Um, so, my husband um, tries really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm... Well, and our our CRM is online now, so oh, yeah. I have my browser window open pretty much all of the time. I'm either on that or in my email or something. Wow! And so even if I am on the phone, I've still got the the internet up, um, or and possibly my phone is doing things on the side too. So, um, and then I go home and same thing. We've cut the cord. Roku's on. Um, right there it goes so well i think it depends too on and i'm a partly millennial so. you are partly right. millennial right <laughs> and and your dog and you have a fabulous bonding relationship mm-hmm. um but he doesn't have a lot of extracurricular activities outside the home no no he's really into uh competitive ball chewing but beyond that it's <laughs> i don't you know. know i heard he was in a barking competition over the weekend uh from some of your neighbors but other than that <laughs> right yeah. well the one neighbor was being noisy right right had to let him know that so i think you know it also depends on your personal lifestyle <laughs> yeah. and what Mm-hmm. keeping you going and moving mm-hmm. and uh, my husband and I really try hard when we are together to put the phones down mm-hmm. to connect face to face we feel like after 18 years of marriage that's what really keeps things going when you're mm-hmm. able to do that and yeah. um, we it's a, not that we don't connect online you'll see us both playing games and goofing off and checking social media you'll see my posts right <laughs> um, but I think there's so much to be said about that personal connection of being able to look someone in the eye to have that conversation we make fun of people who are not to their face um, <laughs> who are out they to wouldn't d- see you anyway no, right, <laughs> right who are out to dinner especially in like a very romantic setting and you see both him and her on their phone mm-hmm. 
And my husband and I are like, we never want to be that. We don't yeah. want to. And he's like, I want to go over and just knock that phone out of their hand. I'm like, or not. Or maybe yeah. we'll just keep to ourselves <laughs> and laugh about it privately. Right. But even a big group of girls on a girls' night, they're like, girls' night, we're so excited. Do we get out? And I'll go with my girlfriends. And they all got their phones out, not to take pictures. But mm-hmm. I'm like, stop, stop. Please tell me what's really happening. Like, I saw it on <laughs> Facebook, but I want to hear your story. Yeah. And, um, so I encourage those of us who've gotten into that to make sure that you're not losing that connection with other people, not just your donors, but that's fair. Natalie's right this time. Yes. (laughs) And and just like that, folks, I am back. (laughs) Well, we have had an extra long supersized episode. So I want to thank Jessica for joining us today. How can our audience members get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about Amplified Digital? um, If they maybe want to work with you. Um, So the best way to get in touch with me would be to email me, of course, a digital solution, right? So Thomas at ad-stl.com is my email address, my work email address. Um, If you want to find out more about Amplified Digital, the website is AmplifiedDigitalSTL.com, two Ds there next to each other. Um, Or, of course... um, I would say you can you can even call if you are more like Natalie and you want to actually you. have a conversation. <laughs> I'm you old just want to email. <laughs> um, you can call me at 314-475-1237. That's my direct line. Awesome. But you might get my uh, voicemail. You know, if I'm if I'm just not answering, if I'm just not talking to anybody that day, <laughs> or maybe you forgot how to answer her. your phone because right. you're like, "What is that noise? There's like a ringing sound. I don't know." I have what to it rely is. on my cube mates to tell me that's your phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can pick my voicemail stuff on my email now. So. Oh, that's for awesome. Sake, really that's nice. great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not calling either of you just for that. <laughs> or you could text me. That's know, right. Yeah. There we go. Could stalk you on Facebook right. or put out a put out a, a remarketing Instagram. ad and be able to find you. <laughs> right, right. right. Remember when you were going to talk to. Natalie, she's still there. Right. <laughs> well, thank you, Jessica, for joining us today. Thank we really you so appreciate much for having me. Thank you. This it. was Thanks really fun. Good. And thank you to all of you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite app and subscribe and leave us some feedback so others can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.